It's March 8th, 2017, and welcome to Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and of course, the startup scene. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. First, we'll cover the geek beat and talk about some great hardware now on the market, and then we're going to check the local tech calendar. And finally, we'll talk to Luke Joseph and Kyle Chang about building apps for the healthcare market. Now, of course, this morning we were on Hawaii News Now talking about the you know, Geek Beat stuff and uh, Nintendo Switch. Right. Nintendo Switch is the big news this uh, week. Just came out. Of course, sold out everywhere. Are you going to get one? Get. Um, my youngest is keeps saying, that Nintendo Switch looks really, really cool. <laughs> um, and it is. I mean, basically, it is, yeah. it's Nintendo's best-selling hand... Uh, gaming machine in a long time. The Wii U did not do quite well. And the 3DS, the little handheld games, are still very popular. So this is the next step up. It has a 6-inch 720p screen on it and joysticks on the side, so it's a lot of fun. But the reason why they call it the Switch, the big idea, is that you can put it in a dock when you get home and connect it to your HDTV. So it's a that, console. So that unit is a self-contained gaming device. Yep, absolutely. And so it's not quite as powerful, obviously, as a PS4 or mm. a, a play, uh, Xbox, but... Because it's that adaptable and because they're hoping to have good games for it, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people want it. $299 is not bad. Of course, if you go on Craigslist, it's like $500. But they are out there and they're getting more. What I think is interesting is that uh, Nintendo always has its very strict ideas about games. Um, they're very family-oriented. They're very multiplayer-oriented. Um, and right now, you can pretty much only play Zelda. But mm-hmm. if you love Zelda, this is the machine. Yeah, I heard that uh, Zelda really runs beautifully on <laughs> the Switch. Yep, absolutely. So they say they're going to have a new game every week. They're going to work with 60 independent game developers as well as the big ones. So uh, who knows? I might be talking about the one my son talked me into. Yeah, okay. It would be his fault. Well, there's a couple of events, uh, actually three events we wanted to share with you. On Sunday, March 16th, there's Innovate UH, a Startup Paradise uh, event showcasing UH innovation. Accelerate UH will showcase the latest uh, graduates from Cohort 5, as well as other innovation coming out of the University of Hawaii. It'll take place in the University of Hawaii Cancer Center. It'll be from 2.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. on March 16th, and we'll put the show notes, uh, we'll put the link up on the show notes later on tonight. Wednesday, March 22nd, brings Tech Talk Story, and this topic will be virtual reality. This lunchtime meeting will feature Tim Webb. He's the owner of Koa Ring Studios. That's a game development studio. Food will be provided by Buca de Beppo. It's going to take place at Tech Systems. That's 1132 Bishop Street downtown from noon to 1 p.m. on March 22nd. And then on Saturday, March 25th, there's the uh, Purple Prize 2017 kickoff. This is the uh, second Purple Prize competition by the nonprofit Purple Maya. And uh, the day will start in the Lo'i, and it'll be followed by speakers uh, Maya Soto, Soto, Sotero. Sotero Ng <laughs> and uh, I'll be Miles. And, of course, uh, finally, breakout sessions where teams will form around ideas to develop over the summer and pitch at a demo day in October. Uh, it'll take place at the Halau Inana in Mo'ili'ili from 7.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. on March 25th. And, of and course, again, all of the details and links to these events can be found on our website at bitemarkscafe.org. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will have our conversation about health technology apps with Luke Joseph and Kyle Chang about their startups. You're listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. 
Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Oh, welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. And, of course, we want to welcome uh, Luke Joseph and Kyle Chang to the show. Luke is the founder of iFirst Medical and was a finalist over at the Hawaii Venture Capital Association Awards in the category of Life Science Entrepreneur of the Year. Kyle Chang, meanwhile, is the co-founder of Health Tech Apps and the winner of the HVCA Student Entrepreneur Award. And I want to, we want to congratulate you both for your startups and, of course, uh, recognition at the Hawaii Venture Capital Awards event. And we want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you. having us. Yeah. Appreciate well, it. We want to first uh, maybe start off by talking a little bit about your companies, and, and we'll give you the honors of uh, sharing what exactly uh, you have. So maybe we'll start with Luke. Uh, tell us a little bit about iFirst Medical. What is it that you, you, you brought a little device? We love it when people bring their devices what is yeah, it? Yeah, so um, what we have is a small uh, mobile uh, medical diagnostic platform. And as you kind of suggested earlier, there is a component of it that is an app. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we have something kind of more than that in the sense that we have an enclosure uh, that an iPhone fits into. And then that kind of uh, corresponds and inter- interfaces with a small disposable cartridge that, in this case, um, analyzes blood coagulation. And we're re- actually using the camera of the smartphone, in this case, an iPhone. Uh, to perform the coagulation analysis with, with this specialized kind of cartridge. Mm-hmm. And so the device we have now is actually a platform. So we, in the future, we will have additional disposable cartridges uh, for blood typing, for uh, detecting urine, you know, like urinary tract infections at home, uh, applications like that. But our first um, target market is going to be uh, blood coagulation uh, detection uh, for trauma patients. So we'd like to see this uh, start off in the hospital, in the emergency rooms, in the operating rooms, and then eventually uh, make its way into ambulances where we can get the information on what someone will need for a blood transfusion uh, before they arrive at the hospital. Mm-hmm. That, that, that way they can actually bypass the, um, bypass the emergency room and go directly to the operating room where they can receive the blood products that they need. Now, you have a device here that you actually have uh, an iPhone in. And the device looks like it's pretty well designed around the iPhone. Is it, is, is it pretty much um, specific to that model of iPhone? What happens if, you know, the iPhone obviously <laughs> is going to change? I mean, I got a huge uh, iPhone <laughs> 7 Plus, so it looks like this is a little bit bigger for that. that yeah, housing. so it's actually, it works. I've, I've used this, um, this same kind of enclosure with multiple different smartphones. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. only thing that's going to change is kind of the, uh, the top portion of it where the frame that kind of holds it in place. And positions it uh, under the camera. So yeah, and positions it in the camera. That's very impressive. I've, I've always wondered what it looked like. I mean, I've seen your diagrams, but it's a, it's a nice black brick. I can see sort of the, the fabrication. I think later we're going to want to ask you about some of the challenges, though, that come with uh, working with hardware, working with actual physical manufacturing, in addition to um, IP like an app or, or technology mm-hmm. like that. Well, Kyle, we want to have you give us a chance, uh, give you a chance to talk a little bit about the, uh, the health tech apps that you have developed and and share with us how you got into what you have now built. Sure. So at Health Tech Apps, we have an app platform that helps doctors and athletes monitor and manage a sports concussion mm-hmm. um, with video features on their mobile device. So mainly we first started off with working um, through the DOD with combat traumatic brain injury for veterans to come back. And we, we kind of noticed that there's a correlation between a combat, a combat TBI with war veterans and then also with uh, head injuries and sports concussions. 
So we pivoted from that um, first idea to uh, targeting more um, because it's my personal experience as well, having two, two concussions that, hey, this would be a great uh, place to start off again and to build and scale a, a large company. And so that con- those concussions were when you were playing sports? Yes. So I got one, in, um, my first one while playing football and then another one while uh, snowboarding in um, Oregon. So, mm-hmm. yeah, both very uh, bad concussions. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Kyle, both you and uh, uh Luke? Luke have talked about how your your solutions are platforms, which means you have a specific application, but there's yes. the opportunity to do more things with it. Yeah. Um, I'm curious uh, how you would see expanding from what it currently does, focusing on traumatic brain injury and concussions. Um, what's the blue sky ahead for that? Sure. So, with so also and also adding on to just uh, head trauma would also be. Uh, depression, pain management, uh, you know, mm. suicide ideation. So just like Luke's, also uh, spreading into other solutions as well. Now, I had the benefit of uh, hearing uh, Kyle's presentation today at the Shark Tank, so I got a little better idea as to ex- how it works. Now, maybe you could describe it starts with uh, basically a video, a self-video of yourself talking about maybe uh, a general question, answering a general question. Yes. And then as the person perhaps encounters a concussion, mm-hmm. then they would continue doing these self-videos yeah. and answering those sort of open-ended questions. Yeah. And then the doctor would basically kind of analyze yeah. the responses. Yeah. And through the analysis, will help determine what the pr- proper, let's say, treatment might be? Exactly, yes. Okay. Now, is there anything aside from the doctor subjectively looking at the video? Is there some AI in the background? or Exactly, there- yeah. So... In our future iterations, we're looking at uh, incorporating AI and machine learning that um, soon our app will be able to tag uh, certain, you know, uh, facial expressions, text Mm. strokes, or say like uh, voice analytics to help extract and help to lay out uh, to the doctor, hey, in these videos, I noticed headache or in these videos, I saw excessive fatigue. Mm -hmm. So it'll get smarter as more doctors start to use our our app. So in a way, I mean, it's like uh, it's like a video selfie. Exactly, that yeah. that you are taking, and the doctor is able to analyze the progression of your concussion as a exactly. timeline. Yeah. Is there a back-end piece for the physician or for the expert in this case to make logs and quantifiable measurements as far as their observations so that they can say, hey, I'm actually seeing a progression from video to video, from check-in to check-in, that this might be something we, we, want, exactly. we want to flag? So through our web portal, the doctor will be able to view the videos and also annotate and take notes as far as on each video. And then through, again, our machine learning and, and AI, be able to um, build a giant pool or a giant da- uh, database mm. of all of these you know, headaches or nausea. Um, so then on the more broader sense, a doctor can see, okay, throughout uh, this week, I noticed there was four headaches, four cases, and then he can start linking uh, the symptoms to its triggers. Mm-hmm. Now, Luke, you, uh, your your app is also a platform, can do many things. I, uh, It can use the power of a smartphone and an enclosure and the optics and perhaps other sensors in that device to do other things. But one of the things that makes your uh, your startup more challenging, I think, is that there are physical components to it. You're talking about uh, injection molded plastic and this enclosure that positions the phone in a particular way. So one of the challenges that you might face that uh, Kyle doesn't is things need to be made. So how are you addressing that as you're developing this product? How are you going to make a 100 or a 1,000 or a million of them? 
Yeah, so we're fortunate to have about a million dollars of DOD um, R&D money hmm. invested in this through the SPIR program. So this was a phase one and phase two um, Army SPIR. And so part of that was you know, developing our prototypes. And we also have injection mold uh, molding, you know, molding molds that, um, that we can use to uh, manufacture our cartridges. And um, although we do have you know, additional components, the nice thing about this concept is that we're leveraging the engineering excellence of something like an iPhone. So 90% of this device is the iPhone. Mm-hmm. So there's you know, relatively a few components um, outside of the iPhone. I'm curious about uh, the when you're selling the device. Are you selling it with the iPhone, or is yes. it provide your? Okay, I yeah, see. Yeah, so it's going to be you know the <clears throat> the way to kind of describe it is um, kind of like a airport kiosk. Mm-hmm. You know, inside there, oh, where you put an iPad. Yeah, so inside inside the kiosk is you know a computer if you open it up, but you know it's all sealed up in a nice box, and you can't like go up to it and email somebody. It'll be the same thing with this. You know, it's going to be you cut it on, and it's going to it's only going to be able to boot into our software mode. Mm-hmm. I was looking at your website, and you had a pretty good uh, sort of tagline. It's like bringing the lab to the patient, right? And the idea is that um, you would get this little device and have it distributed to what first responders? I mean, who's who's the actual user of this device? Yeah. So our first initial market is going to start off um, in the hospital, where the where people are kind of used to using these types of devices. Mm-hmm. But eventually we will get it into ambulances and places like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And Kyle, for your solution, are you looking at uh, schools? Are you looking at sports associations? Are you looking at insurance companies? Who are the buyers of health tech apps? Sure. So our main customers are going to be large health plans. Most are looking at uh, Kaiser Permanente, United Health Group, those large with huge bodies, huge member pools. And so you would look to them to uh, recommend that that uh, you know, from from a sports uh, medicine standpoint, that they use the app. If you know, if there's a team that playing football, here's an app that you might want to use if you potentially have you know the situation with concussions. Yes, and that is what, and we like to really emphasize that we will contract with the health plans and then push it through the providers, mm-hmm. so that each patient is getting covered as far as through our app and getting their videos out. So um, I can see that process, and also you would need to go with a large health plan because the benefits of the solution you're describing only come at scale. When you have uh, 100, 1,000 people in a community using it to document this versus onesie, twosie here and there. Exactly, Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, you're going to be wasting all your time trying to sell this onesie, twosie. You have to get to the big market and have them distribute, you know, uh, whether it's regionally wide or nationwide. And there's a whole lot more revenue charging the health plans than, say, the individual parents or the the athletes themselves. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you know, you mentioned, Kyle, that you kind of started with maybe a military angle and, and pivoted, whereas, Luke, it sounds like a lot of your funding comes from the military side. But the other challenge that both of your startups face is the medical arena is highly regulated. I mean, when you say you're talking about a device, for example, I'll start with you, Luke. Doesn't it take forever to get a medical device approved by, say, the FDA? Yeah, so that's a a pretty large misconception. Uh, In our case, there's a very large uh, predicate device that sits in a lab and has very highly trained technicians use that device. And that is what's referred to as a predicate device. So in our case, since there's a predicate device, you get something called a 510K. So it really makes it much easier to get FDA approval. So FDA approval can be, you know, within a year. You know, so our, we're, we're going to launch our MVP um, 
next at the beginning of the first quarter next year. So I need an example. So maybe this device is more like a thermometer you could buy at Long's versus something that you would see installed at a hospital that has. Yeah, a sure. Money. So I think that's actually a, a good a good kind of analogy. So you know you've probably seen some uh, thermometers that plug into the bottom of an iPhone. Mm. So there's a predicate device of a thermometer, right? So you're just demonstrating that your device works like the other device. Oh, I see what mm-hmm. you're saying. So that's There's a precedent to, for this process. Exactly. So you just have to demonstrate uh, a level of equivalency to that device, and it's much easier than uh, pharmaceuticals or something that you're implanting, you know, something that is uh, that can inter- inter- interact with the body. Mm-hmm. This is just diagnostics. We're taking blood from a person uh, that would be taken anyway, you know, most of the time in a hospital. Okay. So the, the approval is, is much easier. Now, um, Kyle, you are actually a student, right? So you're yes. a junior going uh, going in the biz school over at the Scheidler. Yeah. I got to hand it to you. I mean, you know, going to school and starting up a business, there's like two very, very full-time jobs. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to uh, get your feedback on what did you want to gain by going through the accelerator? What was it that kind of sparked in your mind, I need to do this in order to get my startup to the next level? I think for me, it was the fact that you're out on the field, you're talking to the real customers, real doctors, real executives at you know health plans, health insurance companies. And for me, it was, again, going on that real win, real loss type of thing mm-hmm. instead of going to say through, I mean, I'm not saying pace is a bad thing, but after you finish pace, it's not a check or, you know, a money that's coming through. Right, it's right. more of like a pat on the back and, a, you know, like you did very, very good here. So I wanted that kind of, again, real life application to just hop in the deep end and just, you know, learn how to swim, essentially. Yeah. We should clarify that the accelerator we're referring to is Accelerate UH, uh-huh. which is focused yes. on UH technology, and PACE is one of the entrepreneurial programs exactly. at the College of Business. Yeah. I can see certainly why an accelerator would be attractive that exactly. way. Yeah. Now, Luke, you have significant funding from defense. So what drew you to a program that, um, you know, is often aimed at people who are much further earlier on in the uh, in the realization of their ideas. So the accelerators like Accelerate UH have a lot to offer in terms of connections and helping with team building. And so they've been very beneficial for our company in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle, I mean, were you getting credit as a result of going through Accelerate UH, or was that a whole separate thing? And you know, you know, I um, I would like to get credit for that. I mean, I I went through a brutal, pretty much a nine month process with the accelerator, so that's like you know getting hammered by the Salton brothers for nine months. But <laughs> you know, out of it, it was a great experience, and I kind of want to ask the uh, administration there if I do get credit. But if not, I mean, hey, it's still a very, very good experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought and that was an interesting way to describe that. I mean, Luke, um, and I've been in some of these sessions as well. I mean, would you have you been smashed and come out stronger through some of these feedback sessions in the Accelerator? Of course, of course. And do you feel that, uh, I mean, what would you, I guess, reflecting back, uh, say would be the most valuable thing you got out of it? I think the most valuable thing is is the connections and the networking with other people in the startup industry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and Kyle, I say for me, it's probably focusing on the customer and what what they want and what they need. So being very uh, customer focused on how you do, how to build a business actually around the customer. 
Well, you know, we we are excited about where you guys are going, and we want to know kind of like what are you going to do now that you're sort of out of the accelerator. So from that from that graduation standpoint, we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after the short break to continue our conversation with Luke Joseph and Kyle Chang about starting a business in the health sector. Of course, this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Akahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, Hawaii Pacific University, and Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And we're talking to Luke Joseph and Kyle Chang about starting a startup in the health in arena. And, of course, right before the break, uh, we were getting their feedback on, you know, life in the accelerator and all the great things that they've learned, uh, you know, as a result of that. Kyle, you're still in school. Are you focusing on getting your degree or are you still trying to move the business forward? Yeah, sure. So for our next steps... We need to get pilots. I mean, that's going to be, as Luke can say as well, that's going to be crucial for any health tech company to get pilots, gather data, and really find out, you know, what's going to be needed. So on that, if I do start to get pilots, which we are working on a few of them now, then I may have to kind of put the school on the uh, side for now. <laughs> really? And then I'll return after when I'm uh, finished. Well, uh, now I hope you're certainly your teachers might not be listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Luke, you mentioned being very close to having your prototypes ready. Um, but what what is your, your schedule, your next milestone after um, graduating from the Accelerator program? Yeah, so we just returned from uh, Houston, Texas, where we tested our product uh, with real uh, patients. And so we're going to be returning uh, with an improved uh, version uh, shortly. So it's kind of an iterative process where uh, we'll be performing testing. We ramp up for that. We'll make, you know, like this last time we ramped up, made almost 100 cartridges, hmm. tested those cartridges, take that information, come back, uh, tweak our software, tweak the hardware, and then return and get more data. So uh, this is a first stage of a pilot that we're doing in Houston. Uh, we are also uh, more than likely going to be doing pilots here. And so the one in Houston is for trauma patients. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to uh, demonstrate the uh, the differences between like a normal patient and a trauma patient uh, in that coagulation profile. Mm-hmm. Now you uh, <clears throat> obviously you know going through the accelerator, they get you a bunch of contacts. You mentioned that there has been a lot of money invested in the intellectual property of of what you are have created. But what is it that you need in terms of money to make it through this sort of this valley of despair when you go from sort of early stage funding to maybe you know the the uh, the, the series A funding. I mean, what is it that you're going to do now be, to actually get some capital into the into the business? Yeah, in our case, we we do have some investors, and it's a very kind of Thomas Edison type of approach in you know developing our product, where we'll we'll test the product, we'll go back to the drawing board, make the changes and the improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, go back and test it some more. And so it's, it's a very iterative uh, type of, um, you know, development mm-hmm. of our product. Um, at the same time, we're going to be in dialogue with the FDA so that we're keeping them on track. And we'll at some point agree with them on what we'll do to demonstrate our equivalency. And once we do that, we'll perform that equivalency testing and then give that package to them of the data and then they give us FDA approval. But then as you are continuing to further develop and refine the application and the, you know, the platform, 
I would imagine that a lot of you know a lot of um, leaders of the company need to actually be out there interacting with the, the the venture world, the the financial world. So how do you split your time between refinement of the product and, and actually going out for yeah going out for money? Yeah, so it starts off being a, you know, being the CEO. You wear a lot of different hats. You know, it stands for Chief Everything Officer. Okay. <laughs> but then as you begin to get you know more operating capital, it allows you to bring people more you know more experienced on board in the certain areas that you need assistance. Mm-hmm. And so that's you know a lot of times that's where you uh, what you how you spend that capital and not only uh, developing your product but also you know getting people to start. Uh, in sales and get more pilots, and pilots end up being your customers. Mm-hmm. Now, Kyle, you know, the first phase of Accelerate UH was focused on customer discovery, as you mentioned, talking to everybody, getting a feel for what the pain points are and what a solution could be, and now you're working on pitching. But there is also, in addition to school, the need to raise funds. Um, Luke's been successful and will continue in that work. Do you have an idea of what that would look like for you to make health tech apps scale to the next level? Sure. So ideally, we would uh, sign a couple pilots with large health plans and then start to begin that uh, kind of co-creation, those early foundation type of um, uh, connections. And then from there, scale from pilots into contracts and then multi-region contracts. So growing organically. Mm-hmm. By pilot, do you mean paid pilot? Like you would work yes, with? Yes, paid pilot, yes. But I would imagine your early partners to test something per- might not pay the full rack price of what yes. you envision. So we have been in, a co- in some talks with some people and um, a few of them have shown interest in paying and then some in not paying. So we were still, again, it's like a juggling uh, mm-hmm. game to, to find out what's going to work best for us as a company. So, Kyle, you know, there are uh, just a couple of, of providers, health health insurers here, mm-hmm. and that's the ones that you want to kind of target. If the ones that you are accessing here in Hawaii aren't enough, are you able to go elsewhere and sort of tap into that, that uh, market base? Because... You can't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, so as an example, every health plan or large health plan has multiple regions. So for Kaiser, their main region would be in California mm-hmm. for both northern and southern. So we're looking at that region, especially for Kaiser, mm-hmm. on targeting. And then, it, of course, for Anthem or Blue Cross Blue Shield, they as well have multiple regions. So, yes, there is options to go abroad if there isn't um, enough business here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, very quickly, today was, uh, as mentioned, the Startup Entrepreneur Day at the Capitol, and I wanted to get your quick thoughts on what that experience was like interacting with not just the public but lawmakers who pass policies related to what you do. Luke, how, how was today? Uh, it's always great to uh, interface with the public and uh, especially the the Senate and uh, Congress, yeah. uh, the state representatives. And it always surprises me. Someone always has a, a, an interesting story about a loved one or a friend that uh, has experienced trauma or mm. is on blood thinners. There's so many applications for our technology just in the coagulation area. And so like t- it's just interesting today. Somebody you know gave me a story about how they had a, a loved one uh, that had an operation but had a preexisting coagulation disorder that they didn't know about. And so they, they you know, got into trouble because they didn't have technology like Interesting. ours. Mm-hmm. Now, Kyle, you got a chance to pitch. How did that go? I was great. I mean, I, I was able to share my company, my, you know, my uh, business model with both uh, reps and the senator. And, and mm-hmm. it was quite a good experience to at least get that um, on my, like, like under my belt kind of. Did say. they ask questions differently than perhaps a judge at a regular startup event? Uh, yeah. I mean, I got two or three, three questions that were a little bit um, from the norm. But, but the rest of them were pretty uh, straightforward. So, yeah. And uh, did you feel that you were able to get a, you know, get a sense of 
building their interest level in what you guys do in terms of the tech community? Sure. I mean, I, I feel like um, two or three of them actually had a concussion themselves. So that was already a personal connection to what you know what we're trying to do for young athletes. So That's real quick, great. where can somebody find out more about the um, health tech apps? On uh, Go to www.healthtechapps.com. Very or, good. Yeah ifirstmedtech.com ifirstmedtech.com very good so we'll put that up on our show notes for later on of course Luke Joseph founded ifirst medical and Kyle Chang is the co-founder of medtech or health tech apps and of course we want to thank you both for joining us today thank you very much for having us yeah thank you very much for having us and thanks for listening to Bite Marks Cafe join us next week we're going to talk about blockchain technology and of course if you miss any part of this edition you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org and if you have any comments or suggestions feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org you can also find us on Twitter I'm at bitemarks and you can follow me at Hawaii our engineer is David Chong and our executive producer is Beth Ann Kozlovich and of course until next week you stay safe and we will see you on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe 